Welcome to the Laser Lounge Podcast. My name is Alicia Pate, and I'll be bringing you podcasts from Pate Ranch. We'll be talking about things in the laser industry, the CNC industry, woodworking, even working with leather. But most importantly, we're going to talk about how you can grow your business better. I want to say a special thank you to our show sponsors. They are Thunder Laser USA, Phantom CNC, Rotoboss Rotary Attachments, Odie's Oil, and Lone Star Adhesive. So sit back and hope you can enjoy and get something out of our podcast. Thank you. All right. Hey, May, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Long time. Awesome. (laughs) I know we haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, People are joining in, but um, I think our last one has probably been four or five months. We just got into the fourth quarter and it kind of got crazy. I um, mean, we're all very busy. How do we find the people that are signing in? I'm a little rusty now. I know. Um, So a couple things. Yeah. I I know that when people sign in on Facebook, they have to allow permissions for us to see their name. And I I don't even know where that toggle is. I'm terrible about that as well. Um, But then there's also some people that will probably be jumping on, on the YouTube channel. So just a a little shout out. We're going to be taking some questions here, but um, I think this is going to be a great topic for most of the community. And I'll tell you why, you know, I approached May on this and why I said, hey, we need to jump on and do a live stream. We've been seeing people ask questions in the groups of, hey, what what machine should I get? You know, that's typical. But now they're really seeing uh, that a lot of us are using Galvo machines and they really don't understand which one does what. And I would say there's an uptick of this question in the last month, it seems like it's, it's coming on. And I think that's because people are getting them some UVs and some fibers. And, and so I thought, let's just get on here and have a a really good discussion about what these machines do and how we use them from a production standpoint. And so we're, we've been fortunate enough. We're kind of machine hoarders and bad, but it's good in that we're investing back in our company. But I think I got eight lasers here. You've got what, six or seven. What you got over there? I mean, I'm not so crazy like you. I'm trying to maintain my um, insanity. It's an organized chaos. I only have five. Okay. <laughs> but I, what what's nice to for about your use case is you're in one room and it's a yes. it's a, a bedroom and a house, right? Or an off room. It's so a, it's, it's a, a a sizable used to be formal dining room and then it came it became a playroom and now it's my office. Okay. So that's great because you don't have to have a humongous shop, you know, to, to expand your business. And, and I want you to remember that and think about as we talk through discussion today, if you think that some machine may be good for you, then you might think about how you fit it in your shop. Now, first and foremost, I want to say neither you or myself are affiliates for these companies that we use for. And we're not even going to talk about brands today. We're going to talk about machine type. So neither, neither one of us get paid by either uh, for machine sales. I'm a brand ambassador for Thunder, but I do not get sales uh, sales payment. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that. And we're not even going to really mention brands today because I don't think that's what today's discussion is about. Um, so before we start, any, any kind of chime in from you, May, about what we're going to be talking about today before I start going? Yes, sure. Okay. All right. So I want to do some real quick grounding just to make sure that everybody on here understands the difference between, you know, a gantry and a galvo. If we look at this picture that we're showing here, 
This one here on that I'm circling, this is what a typical Galvo machine looks like. It's a smaller bed. It has a um, this longer tube here, and it's got this little box, what I'm going to call a box, that has the laser head in it. That when we talk about Galvos, it's that look and feel, okay? There's different types of Galvos. When we talk about gantry machines, look over here on the on the right side. This is that bigger machine that you see a lot of us have, right? So Thunders, Miras, Boss, uh, a CNC, a mill CNC is a gantry machine. It's just like a crane goes left and right, back and forth. That is a gantry machine. So I just want to ground everybody. If we look at the next picture on the Gabo side, you have a small head, and then the working area is typically a lot smaller than you would see on a gantry side, okay? Uh, on a gantry side, you have a tube in the back and it's got mirrors that will, the laser will shoot and each mirror bounces off and down through a lens. So very basic, that's all I'm gonna spin on that. But if we have somebody who's brand new to the show here and they wanna understand what the differences are as we go through this, that's a pictorial view of what those are. Okay. So the way May and I are going to approach this discussion today, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about gantry machines. We're going to talk about Galvo machines. And then we're going to talk about the materials, as you see in this list here. And we'll summarize this. So I'm going to stop sharing the, the presentation here. And May and I are just going to talk first about, let's talk about gantry machines, okay? We have a couple of different kinds. We've got uh, CO2 glass, which a lot of us are familiar with those. We have that's what Thunder has their Nova line. Aeon has a mirror line. You know, Boss, their line is primarily a glass tube. And then we have RF tubes, okay? And those, those some companies have those and some don't, right? Um, that's what the Trotec, the Epilogue, um, Thunder has a, an Odin and the Bolt is an RF tube. And, and I know some of the other companies have those as well. But let's specifically talk about what's in our shop and what we have experience with. So let's talk about the glass tube. You have a glass tube version. I have two glass tubes in my shop. For me, they are great at cutting. I love using them for cutting wood, uh, thick wood, uh, plywood, big names. Um, if I'm going to have a, a job that comes in and it's a bigger, I need a big shape or a big engrave for something, I'm going to one of those big gantry machines. What about you for, for your gantry I mean, jobs? Uh, same thing. I use the CO2 gantry for a lot of cutting of plywood, uh, specialty wood products that I get oftentimes at my local um, wood store here and um, acrylic, cutting acrylic. Um, I, I started using gantry and experimenting glass engraving, I got to a point where it's actually, it looks great, it's frosted and it's not fractured, but to get to that point, it's, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of testing. So um, I stopped doing that and mainly the gantry is used for large format engraving. Um, yeah. Cutting. And um, if I need to score signs um, on my board, it just helps me with my process. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, I have two gantry glass tube machines, and I use those for larger engraves. And and I'm gonna, we both said that we were going to maybe, if we could, pop up um, examples. So I'm going to bring up a couple examples of what, what I use mine for. I'm just going to stop through here. If I have 
something like, uh, let me go through here. Some of these things that are like cutting boards or larger things. I had a, another one pop. This, this is an example. This is a large cutting board. This is, that name was probably 12 yeah. inches, maybe a little bit longer. I'm going to use that. That machine is going to be, it's going to be a little slower than some of the, the Galvo side, but yeah. it's going to be great for a large, something like a whiskey barrel head. This is a yeah. 20 inch diameter piece. This really needs a gantry style machine just to get around it and, and mm -hmm. to be able to, to do that, that, uh, kind of size. Um, another thing I might use that for, uh, I thought I had a, um, your foam signs is another absolutely. great example for that because you need a larger format and it's just, you know, the precision cuts on that one. It's correct. Great. That's exactly right. Um, so that's the glass tube. The thing that's tricky about the glass tube is you got to make sure when the weather is cool that um, that you're not, it could freeze and break the glass. So there's some maintenance, you know, a little bit and some uh, preventative maintenance that you want to yeah. do with a glass tube. Um, and so that's something that, that you need to keep in mind. Uh, but overall, if I'm going to cut something that's a half inch or one inch, yeah. I'm going to a, a glass gantry machine. I mean, it's, it just, it does well at that. Yeah. There's and now the the, yeah. too with, with, with that, you, you, you know, you just have to have different variety of lenses for that. You change it out. Um, your, your focal, um, I mean, I don't even use it anymore. I have a four inch lens holder that I use occasionally, which, you know, doesn't really get a lot of use anymore. Um, what else do we use a CO2 gantry for? Oh, um, uh, a lot of people like it for um, engraving cups. So I know some of you guys prefer it that way. I prefer it a different way. Well, I can see too, you know, if I have a production run of a whole bunch of things to, to engrave and I can throw a big jig down in the bottom of that bed and do like 50 of certain widgets engraved, that's when I would use that that for. So, yeah. you know, people are like, why do you have so many machines? Depends on the product that comes in that you're asked to do, whatever the use case requirements are, you may choose a machine based on that. So if I've got to engrave, uh, man, I had 150 leather coasters to do for a client over Christmas. I mm -hmm. said, I'm just going to cut a jig and drop all these in there and do 60 at a time. And it just was, you know, the thing to do. So if I you agree. have an R, yeah, if you have an, uh, the next one in the gantry is the CO2 RF. Okay. That, that machine is super fast. You're going to typically get a speedier machine over a CO2 glass machine. Um, and I know that's just kind of across the board. The Trotex epilogues there are smoking fast. Um, the Bolt, the Thunder has a Nova line that, uh, I'm not Nova, but the Odin line and it's super mm -hmm. fast. So I've added that to my shop and I found that I'm using that as a more of an engraving machine, not a cutting machine, because it it gets great quality. Quality with it and the UV are very close, in my opinion. It's got a smaller dot size, but the speed is phenomenal. I, I'm running jobs that on my Nova, I would say, says nine minutes. If I just change the device to the Odin, it's a two-minute job. Wow. And so... So, so, you know, if you're looking at it and going, I'm, I've got a lot of orders and I need to look at another machine. Do I look at yeah. an RF tube machine? You might, I mean, you may say it's a, it's almost double the price, but if you look at your production and how fast that's going to be, a lot of these, you know, full blown real shops, they're running, yeah. 
they're running RF machines in their in their house. I mean, it's it's a pretty sizable price tag too. So you kind of want to look at it systematically, take a step back, look at your production line, what is working, what is moving, what's making you more money. And so then you want to double your output. And so do you That's want exactly another CO2 right. um, glass or do you want an RF tube um, performance? Yeah. Now we there are fibers that are in the gantry space. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of small business hobbyists like us running a, a large fiber gantry machine, but they are out there. You know, you see uh, water jets and CNC mill machines, right? Like a we just got the Phantom. That's a that's a gantry machine. So mm -hmm. we're not going to dive into those today. But I just want to clear that up for people that are you know, maybe not knowledgeable on the Galvo versus Gantry. Those are those type of machines. So uh, unless you have anything else to add on the Gantry side, uh, do you have anything else? No, um, I mean, that's, I think we pretty much kind of like okay. covered high level um, what we want to cover. Um, okay. I, I know a lot Let's of jump people. Over. Are, yeah, exactly. I, I just want to, I just want to dive into the Galvo world because you got me hooked. And so now I'm addicted. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sorry about that. I'm, I'm really good about getting other people to spend, spend their own money. But, uh, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about Galvo now. The, the Galvo machine, it's a, it's a much, and I'm going to zoom in and use this one as an example. It's a much smaller profile. So if you have a small shop or, you know, you're just running out of your garage, it doesn't take up a lot of space like a gantry does. Okay. And in most of them, you don't need a water chiller. There are some that are water chilled, but most of them are air cooled that I'm seeing mm -hmm. around. So what you look at here, this, this box is almost like, it feels like an old school PC, you know, like when we were young and in high school or college. And then the, this is your tube. And then you have three lenses that are inside. Uh, I mean, sorry, three mirrors that are inside this little head. And then the lens on it, it looks like a camera lens, right? Like a, like a telephoto lens. And you can change those lenses out. And this is your working area. So a couple of differences. You, you need to wear protective eyewear with these. Um, it is open. There are some that, that have a closed closure on them, but it's a little bit more. But you're allowed to, you can change up the, the lenses and, and open your space, but you're not going to be able to go beyond really this, this size here. I think it's like a 12 by 12. So when you hear May and I say we use our gantries for cutting large pieces of wood or things like that, that's because these are limited in that capability, right? And so you need to understand when, you, when you're looking at buying some of these, you're not going to be able to go and cut a big sheet of plywood in here with a big old long name, okay? That's not, that's not where these, you know, that's not their expertise. But there are things about these machines that bring them such benefit over a gantry that we want to talk about today. So in the Galvo space, you have three different categories that we're going to talk about. There, there's, there's some other ones, but we're going to talk about three. CO2, fiber, and UV. So let's first talk about a CO2 Galvo. You and I both have one. You use, you use yours a lot more than I do. Um, when and how do you use your CO2 Galvo, May? Um, I first tested it with um, wood. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I need to fine tune it a little bit more, but I've gotten to a point where it's, it's good enough for production. And then I then tested it with, uh, let me share this real see okay. if I can present something um, that people can kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, let's see, where is it? 
Okay, it's right here. So then this is the video of CO2. Okay, this is CO2. Yeah, yeah, this is and that's a 60 watt, right? Leather. Yeah, so that one is pretty fast. I don't know if you can see the timer there. It took about a minute or so to engrave uh, that thick leather using um, my 60 watt Galvo. And um, I'm pretty shocked. There was no cleanup. It was fast, efficient. I didn't lose any of the details that I want. Um, granted, you have to calibrate everything and make sure you're in focus and you're using the right lens. I mean, I can go on and, you know, down on that path. And then another example that I use, my CO2 Galvo, I know a lot of uh, the guys out there love that too, is the power of engraving. Um, let me see. I don't know if you Tumblers. can see this. I'm not very good at it. Look, see, I can't be a makeup artist on TikTok because I'm, I'm going to fail. So know, this is um, in, this engraving is a uh, powdered, you know, Stanley dupe copper and cream. And I did my monogram on here and I did this on my 60 watt Galvo. So I see in the groups, a lot of times people are like, I need a new machine for just cups only dedicated cups. And, you know, some people think, oh, we'll get, you know, this smaller CO2 gantry. Really the Galvo, the CO2 Galvo is the way to go. If you're just going to do cups. I mean, it's, the speed that you get out of a, a Galvo machine yeah. is so much faster than the gantry and the quality that you can get off of them is great. Now I will say with the CO2 Galvo, it does have a higher dot size than the fiber in the UV, right? Yeah. So you can get really nice detail on it. I'm not saying you can, but it's like a fatter pin, right? It's not yeah. a fine detail pin. Okay. Nope. Yeah. So you do also wood on your CO2 Galvo, correct? I don't have an example that I can pull up, but I've done I've done wood and I've tested it enough where it's it's getting to I, it's getting the details that I want. Some of my designs are a little bit more intricate, you know. Some of the fonts that I like to use are a little bit more swirly and decorative. And so if I'm engraving something, I just want to make sure that it's translating well on any surface that I'm putting it on. Because if I'm bringing that to my client, I just don't want to give them, you know, like correct a crappy work that's just not going to yeah. work. Yeah. It, it, I will say using the CO2 Galvo, it it's, has a tendency to flame more. <laughs> I mean, yes. the ones we have is, is a hot cannon. So I don't know if it's that, but it does... It might not it does scare you. flare up quite a bit, and it's intimidating to look at, especially if you, you know, you're right in front of it and you're trying to play with the focus. Um, lucky enough that I don't have to use the button. I move all my power boxes underneath my table, so I'm not, you know, in that area. I do have a remote control that I purchased from Jason from Roto Boss, and so that is really key. It's, it's giving me the option to kind of like move up and down my focus without really bending down or anything like that. And the flare up is, is substantial enough that it's, it, sometimes it's big and sometimes it's containable. So you just want to be yeah. really careful. And one other thing I want to call out is I'm looking at your visual behind you. Um, that blue one that's right over her head, the left side of her head, that is her CO2 uh, gal this one. <laughs> I want you to see how big that thing is. It is significantly yeah. bigger than a fiber or a UV. So if yeah. you're thinking about getting one of these, you need to make sure you can, you know, accommodate it. I mean, it's not big like a 
like a, a gantry, but it is a monster. When mine showed up, I was shocked at how big it was. It's heavy. Well, you'll be and, surprised. Uh, I'm looking at my gantry and um, the the big housing for the 60 watt. It's practically the same width. Yeah. Of my so gantry. It's a big boy. So it's, it's a big it's boy. A, it's a big one. And you need help mounting it up here because it's it's a little bit awkward. So people that are listening in, if you have a CO2 uh, gavel, feel free to drop some some comments on how you're using yours. Again, I, I need to get mine fine-tuned. BZ sent me some, some links to get mine tuned up. I need to do some and use it more, so gap on me. So let's move on over to the Galvo fibers. We both have a Galvo fiber. We both have a 50-watt JPT source. Yes. Uh, let's, let's talk about sources. They're... I have a list here. I don't have it up in here, but I'll share it later. There's different sources inside the machines. Uh, I'm not an expert in this area, but I know enough to kind of get you lead, led on the right path here. Um, just like, you know, we had Intel machines or computers a long time ago, and, and Intel said, oh, Intel chip inside. It was much better than some knockoff brand. You've got that same case with sources. So there's some varying sources that companies use in their Galvos. And some are better than others. Some cost more. You have a MOPA, you have a JPT, you have a RACUS. There's a couple of others. And so just go look at that information on which ones are uh, maybe a little bit better longevity-wise and which are a little bit more powerful because that makes a difference in your machines. So we both have a 50-watt JPT fiber. And then I also have another one, a 20-watt, that primarily I use for just engraving. So for fibers, I use those for metal, cutting metal. I do a lot of stainless or uh, sterling silver cutting for Reagan. And that thing, that 50 watt cuts like a champ. Um, so I can cut out items for her to use for making jewelry. Um, I do a lot of engraving on metal. Uh, it might be bottle openers. It might be um, just anything that's that's metal. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't do tumblers because that, that, that most people think fiber, I can use do tumblers. It's not the best option because it can actually you know, start going into the metal. Um, but the other thing I use my fiber for is leatherette. I love doing leatherette on a fiber. It is super fast. So if I have a leatherette job, can can coolers or uh, mm -hmm. what are they, coasters, I'm going to use the fiber all day. It's fast. To me, it looks better with the golds and the silvers underneath. It gives them a shinier pop. Um, so that in metal. Yeah. I don't do any wood on it. It does not work really well with wood, and it does not really work well with leather. No plastics. It, I mean, it's pretty much for me, it's just, uh, and I'll move this over, it's just metal and leatherette. What about you? Um, I'm the opposite. I like it for some of my tumblers. Mm -hmm. um, Do you really? Which ones? Yeah. So the for bottoms my, or the the bottoms. Um, I use it for the bottoms and and you know a few of the pint cups that I that I do. I rarely run things on my CO2 gantry anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I hate to admit it. It's kind of like when I get a job that requires it. I kind of don't want to do it. <laughs> but if I can <laughs> get a job where I can use my Galvos all day. Mm -hmm. I can just fire it up. So I, I love doing wine tumblers on my fiber. Uh, what else? Like you said, leatherette is great. Um, I know some people are doing glass. It's not for me. I don't want to experiment that. It's not glass on a fiber. Yes. I think. Oh, 
um, they spray something on it. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. So it's not for me. It's a process that I don't really want to get into. And, um, you know, we can get into that later on. What else do I use it for? Oh, jewelry. I, um, part of my business, I do, um, some, um, heirloom pieces, uh, jewelry on the side. Um, and so if I need it, I can engrave on stainless steel, um, sterling silver. I don't really do copper or gold yet. I haven't really tested that. Um, but it's, it's pretty accurate. And I feel like, um, out of the three, I think fiber, I don't know. Do you think, do you agree with me? I think fiber, I can operate with my eyes closed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I do like working with the fiber. It's, it's, it's a cool machine. And, And one thing that we, neither you or I do this, we don't do a lot of guns or coins, but if you're wanting to get into the guns or coins, the fiber is the place to go. And probably now I would say a hundred watt is really what people are really looking at just because it's more powerful. The more power, the faster you're going to get the job done. Right. And if you're not familiar with a Galvo machine, some of the benefits of them are, let's say I'm doing leatherette and I, and I do a double pass and I missed a letter. Mm -hmm. I can quickly go in the opposite direction or one more little small pass and it'll pick it up. And so I feel like it's, it's it for, making sure you're getting a great quality product, you can manipulate the software to, to maneuver and do a few different things to get what you're looking for. I agree. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. I remember when I was new um, and I started playing with leatherette with the gantry, CO2 gantry, and then I started, you know, I got real happy. I got, you know, the full sheet ready to go. I engraved it, cut it. And at the end of my very long engraving, I was really disappointed because then my CO2 didn't really get to some of the parts. And so the engraving quality is just not there. And so in my mind, oh, my gosh, maybe the leatherette is not right. Maybe, you know, maybe it's bad. Maybe I got a bad bag. But in reality, it's just not it's not in my mind now that I'm looking back, I've wasted so many materials and I was pushing something that shouldn't be pushed for that type of application. And now that I have the fiber, I'm I'm happy to report that I have very, 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 very little waste when it comes to leatherette and things like that. Um, oh, what is that? Is that it's a great question. Well, yeah, what I'm I'm trying to show this for the question that was asked in the group. Her concern with the, his or her concern with the Galvo is the stuff that ends up in the air. Um, And even with the fans, it doesn't contain it all. What's your recommendation for extraction? So for me, you know, I I just want to show how I'm hoopty winked up in here. My little video is just showing that, but you really need to have great suction. I've got double fans happening here. I've got one that's pulling it out of my single room. And then I got a Uh 12 inch that's going out of the building. Um, You really need to make sure you got those fans going well. Um, and then I, I just don't hover over it. I'm not there like sniffing, you know, the, the paint yeah. smell. I'm just trying to be careful what I do. You know, you want to make sure your kids and pets are out of the room. What about you, May? What do you do to help me to get that? Well, I have fans as well. I have two fans back here that, you know, that's powering everything and suctioning everything, all the fumes, things that you can, you know, 
like do to prevent it. I have um, a bunch of suction hoses out here too. You can't really mm-hmm. see it. They're kind of hidden in the back and I, you know, position them strategically. So then when I'm working on a project, it is just focus on that. Sometimes I'll even um, put two um, hoses next to it, especially if I'm doing a big production of leather. Um, mm-hmm. It really helps eliminate some of the, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? The shave, the engraving suit, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Can you do me a favor, May, and pull up some some of your work that has some, that you've um, used your fiber, your fiber machine on just yeah. so that we can kind of show. And the nice thing as she's doing that, uh, with the Galvo machines, if you're using a, a smaller lens, like a 110, you can really get super fine detail that you're not you're not necessarily going to be able to get on a on a gantry glass machine and and that's so what I you're have a see video like glad you said that one ten because this is actually a one ten lens. I am marking a part powder coated cup and as you can see, there's a lot of details in this fine text and the lines are phenomenal. Uh, it's everything and I've gotten to a point where I don't really do any cleanup at all there's no second pass um, my first pass is clean is that a galvo I mean is that a, is, a co2 or a fiber it's a fiber okay okay so yeah so I mean that, it's so that's pretty a fiber let me see some of your um some of the leatherette you do with the gold because what you're um, gonna hear us talk see. about is when we choose to use leatherette you're it's really either am i going to use on the galvo side am i going to use fiber or uv yeah if i'm doing uh a leatherette that has black underneath i don't mind using it on the uv i still usually will use the fiber because it's faster in general but yeah. the gold and the silvers don't pop as well i mean they just don't so I haven't been able remember, to get it that way. Do you remember last year we had an experiment happening last year where we were trying to figure out what is the best laser that can um, give us the best blue and silver engraving? Yes. Remember that? Um, yeah. So here's another one. Just kind of you can kind of see the detail that I've gotten with um with the fiber, this is a 110 lens, and I'm using um, the Rotoboss for Galvo for this one because it's a sizable um, artwork. So I'm just using the rotary with my um, Galvo 50 watt, and it's a 110 laser. And okay. the detail of this one is great. Um, I really like it, and that's powder coated. I'm just trying yeah. to see if I can pull up something for leatherette for you. So someone says here on my gantry, I've noticed I get different results when I do small engraves on leatherette versus a large sheet. I usually have to adjust my settings for bigger ones. You're right about the gold and silver. It doesn't pop much on the, uh, yeah. So yeah. I I can't remember who said what, but somebody said last year, try it with, um, the CO2 Galvo, and I did, and I was shocked because I could not get it right. It's one of the colors that I really hate it. I know yeah. that's a strong word, but it's just, uh, it's so okay, annoying. Okay, I'm going to share, let's see, what was I doing here? I'm going to share my screen while you're, some, and I want to show them just the, um, 
the gold, see how this gold pops? It like this was money on a on a fiber. It, this was very quick oh, and easy to okay. do. Um, and I was able to consistently get the same color results. Sometimes on a CO2 gantry, it can be tricky with leatherette. And uh -huh. I will say this, sometimes you might get a run of leatherette that works great. And then the next time you get one from your supplier, it's a different mixture. And you're like, ooh, these don't look as good. And so you have to make some adjustments to your settings. Um, yes. In, in general, you and I have talked a lot about this, that sometimes we have to tweak our settings quite a bit. Uh, something funky changed and we just, uh -huh. so you always want with a gantry machine, I must, I mean, a gal boat, you want an extra piece of material that you can chunk and test on just in case. Okay. I have, um, a, a fiber going right now and I'm going to show and share this video. So, I mean, that's super small forward. detail. Yes. Yeah, the maps it's, my internet's a little bit slow, but you can kind of see um, this one will require second pass. I didn't get the settings uh, in my focus right. And so the first pass is a little bit questionable, but um, you can kind of get the idea. It's I don't know yeah. what's happening. My um, internet right. doesn't help me. Um, okay. So, so I think we've hit pretty good on fiber. Uh, sounds like you found some success with cups. Um, I love it for leatherette and I love it for metal, uh, you know, ornaments all day long. If they're leatherette ornaments, you can quickly get them done, you know, 20, 20 to 30 seconds on one side, flip it and uh -huh. done, right? Yeah. Money makers. If you get, uh, some business to business orders and it's like koozies or, you know, ornaments or whatever, those things can be money makers with a fiber. That's where you yeah. want to go with that. All right. So let's talk UV. Both of us kind of have a great opportunity because we have both the 2D and the 3D. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk the difference of that first. UV. UV is another Galvo machine that's been out. We've had our 2D for about a year now. And yeah. for me, it's probably that and the, the Odin are probably my favorite machines in my shop. Why I love the UV, it's very versatile. Okay. Um, I use it every day. And depending on what job comes in, um, is, you know, kind of where I go, but UV for me is great on woods, plastic, yeah. um, leather. It's phenomenal engraving leather. It is probably my favorite to do. If I have a whole bunch of engraves of leather that's large, then I'm going to go to the RF tube. But yeah. if it's a one, a one and done, I'm using the UV. Now the UV from the five watt perspective is a little slower than a 50 watt JPT. Okay. Now, if I wanted to spend 10,000 more and get the 15 watt, then it probably would be about the same. But so you got to think about that, your wattage and how fast that job is going to get done. But in general, from everything I've read, a UV is a tad slower in speed than a fiber or a CO2 galvo. Yeah. Okay. So leather, wood, plastic, I know you've done some acrylic and you're going to show that in a minute. Yeah, um, I have an example. Let's see what else I've done leatherette. I do the leatherette on there. If it's, uh, if I need to do something big, the gray ones, I don't do, I mean the black, I don't do gold or silver on the UV. Just, it doesn't look good. Um, um, plastics, let's see, glass, glass is phenomenal on a UV. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, the tricky thing about a UV, and I tell everybody that asks me this question, I want to do glass, I'm going to get a UV. It's got a very tight tolerance of focal area, okay? So if, if you imagine your sweet spot is like this on a, on a CO2 gantry, this much is your, this is your whole focal distance and this is your sweet spot. Your UV is going to be like this. So you better have your, your thing dialed in and your settings good because it's very easy to screw up some stuff when you, and, and see that you're not in focus because it's very, very narrow range. And anybody who's run a UV knows what I'm talking about. Yep. So you may think, I'm going to throw a glass on there, and I'm going to give you a great illustration. This is a glass. It is not perfectly symmetrical like a tumbler could be that's manufactured. This is, this is manufactured differently. So I bet if I took a caliber here and one here and here, it's got a variation of, of some millimeters that it's off. So if my sweet spot for focal distance is really tight and I turn this and now I've gone down, you know, half a millimeter, it's going to be out of focus. So you have to know that. You can't just get these UVs and think I'm just going to go into a glass production state. How many have you like had to chunk when you're doing a job like that? Um, a lot. Yeah. A so, so people, yeah. So then you say, okay, uh, well, that's why some people say, well, sandblasting gives them better, better long-term if they're doing a whole lot of, of, uh, glassware, right? So yeah. there is no one stop shop fit for all. You can't just buy one laser and say it's going to do everything. Now I'm going to get to the 3d in a minute. Let's stay on the 2d. This is a piece of plastic. This is a white, I think it, Someone gave it to me at sunscreen and we engraved okay. her logo on it. This, this worked great. It was one pass. It's probably hard to tell here, but it turned gray. If you're going to be doing iPod cases or something like that, yeah. uh, the UV is, is perfect for that. Um, let's see. What else do you use the UV for? When would you decide the 2D version? Um, so I use it a lot for leather, uh, leather work, like you said, um, I like it cutting some of my leather items too. And so if I, if my gantry is busy, then um, I will cut it through there and just, you know, be done with it. Um, I like it on wood as well. Let me share an incredible detail of uh, an example here with a UV. Can you guys see that? It's um, that looks good. UV engraving. Um, flat plywood, not primed, no masking tape, cut and engraved. And so the level So you of cut the, that uh, on the UV too? Uh, yeah, I did this on the UV too. I cut cut this, you know, plywood. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you need to cut it to size cuz otherwise it would just be wonky and it'll be weird. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you cut it to size, you know, bed size. I have a honeycomb tray that I can show you guys so this is my uv honeycomb tray it's getting a lot of use and yep. i put my material on top and then i do some of my cutting on there and then engraving so that's a very good example another example that i like to use um with the uv is acrylic mm -hmm. um, have you done acrylic on uv I haven't. I know I've seen some of your work on the UV with acrylic and it looks, it, it's um, like the, it, it reacts wild and it'll turn black, white. 
Yes. Um, if you get your settings correctly, uh, it can it can turn a little bit different. But this one is kind of like your dark green emerald color, um, you know, um, acrylic, and it printed white. Oddly enough, uh, I was able to get this one done. Um, the crocodile was done with my CO2 gantry and then engraved. And then I added a little charm for the school to just kind of like jazz it up a little bit. And then that little bit, this gray, uh, the green uh, acrylic charm was done with a UV. Do you so have I a picture of first? Do you have a picture what? of how the um, do you have a picture of how the black looks engraved? Um, yes, I do. Hold on. Let me stop this for a second. Uh, let me share. And if y'all have questions, put them in the chat. We'll take some too. Trying to see if I can share it with you guys. Okay, I have an example here. So um, hold on trying to pick a best one here okay now I have it ready share can you guys see this wow I wish we can like zoom in so that is black acrylic um I trimmed the black acrylic part the base with my CO2 gantry and then I took it to my UV and then um the stainless backer the gold one that's actually done with the fiber so i, I hope y'all are picking up on how look at how she used three different machines here for this one use case and and so when people are like ah, all you need is one machine well you can run a business with one machine but you can take your business to another level with other machines and that that's what i i try to to make sure that you guys are understanding that yes you can run a business with one co2 gantry but look what May did there. She cut it on the CO2 gantry. She's engraving on a UV one material and the next substrate she used on a fiber. And look how cool that looks. She, she's mixing metal, acrylic, and then that little leather tassel. That's how you really elevate your products and take them to the next level. And I want to pull up a couple examples from my page on some of the UV uh, things that I did. This mm -hmm. is the UV on wood. This, this was like a three-inch... Uh, you know, diameter piece. And so if you, this is streets of Richmond. So look how yeah. detailed that is. There's no way I would have been able to get that on a CO2 tube because I want you to think of a, a CO2 is like a Sharpie. Okay. Let's see. Do mm -hmm. I have a Sharpie here? CO2 is like one of these, the Sharpie and the, the UV and the RF tube are like a fine Sharpie. Okay. And that's what you're going to see when we talk about the dot size being smaller. This was done on a UV, the leather. That leather work right there, this this was tiny detail. It doesn't show that great. But that's what we're talking about here of the differences between what a UV can give you. This is another great detail UV um, with wood. You see how fine that looks? So that mm -hmm. I love it using it on wood, small pieces of wood. And you were showing something, May, and I was thinking about what would someone ask? Like, how did May take that cut of that green acrylic or was it green? No, it was black from a gantry yeah. and then get perfect placement on that UV. I have a the, jig. <laughs> well, correct. But also, 
um, the software on the Galvo side, if you're looking at Lightburn, Jason has built in where you can do a frame and it will do the actual outline of the shape. Yes. So yes. you can get perfect placement on your items. And that's why I really love using a Galvo when it comes to getting down in a bowl or if it's a certain area of, I'd use it a lot when I'm doing gun stocks. I cannot screw up where that's going to go. And yeah. it will give me the shape the actual shape of the outline of the perimeter of whatever I'm engraving. And mm -hmm. I can go get perfect placement on where that is. Right. Yes. And so yes. therefore I don't mess up. So for example, this, how would I make sure I was really getting the right spot on a, on a gantry? All it's going to do is, I mean, I may be able to do some, some points of reference, but <clears throat> I can do a frame and I can see exactly where this is going to go. And I know okay. where, what it's going to look like. So just a little bit of kind of an example of kind of what those machines do. So I want to, let's see, do we have any questions here? Um, let's see. Have you compared a UV to a Chotec wood burning? Um, can you send me that file and I'll run it the same size? Okay, definitely we'll send you the file, whoever that was. I can't <coughs> Sorry, me, but yeah, message us, um, whoever you are, or write in the comment your name and then we'll send you a file so we can, you know, kind of like test it to see how fast yeah. you guys can do it. Okay. So what I'm going to bring up now is um, in the light of time, I want to now kind of do a summary for the last part of this session and continue to ask questions. If y'all have them, we're going to go now look at this from a material perspective, right? So, um, before when we were just going over each different type of laser, let's go look at how May and I think about when we're doing certain uh, material, real leather. For me, if I have a job, it's a single thing. It needs to be engraved. Uh, I'm going to the UV for just engrave. If it's a cut, I'm still going to use my gantry machines. And depending upon how thick the leather is, I'm either going to use the glass tube if it's uh, a whole bunch of things that I have to cut, like if I had to cut out a whole bunch of little leather boots, or uh -huh. if I need it fast, um, then I'm going to use, and it's not super thick, I'm going to use the RF tube. But for sure on the engrave, I love using the UV. If I have a whole sheet of like, I had to do 60 uh, leather um, ornaments for Christmas, I did it on the RF tube. The RF tube has a smaller dot size than the glass tube. And so you make decisions like that really when you have start getting more production in your shop of what you're going to do this on. That's for me. What about you for leather, real leather? Um, for leather, same, same for me. I'll cut, if I'm doing a batch work, everything will be cut using the CO2 gantry. And then, um, you know, you can either prep your product, make sure the engraving surface is clean and prepped, and then you can engrave it as a big batch, larger batch with a UV, uh, with a gantry. And, and if I'm doing something a little bit smaller production size, um, either I'll cut it with the, with a gantry and then engrave it with a UV. Okay. Um, great. Thank you for that, May. Oh, one other thing we didn't say about the UV and leather, zero cleanup. Zip, zip, zero. Yes. <laughs> um, I forgot to share something, and this is actually a cool, um, what do you call this, award that I did last year. And this is, can you see it? It's, um, yeah, so that's a, uh, 
that's glass with a UV. Um, and I was pretty pleased. And then the wood part, the walnut part was done with a UV as well. So the yeah. top part was glass. That was done. I think I wanted it a little bit um, deeper. So I went a little bit um, heavier on that and added more power. And then I did, um, I think I want to say two or three passes. And then yeah. the logo... Um, on the wooden part, I think I did two passes as well, just to make it extra dark. That looks and great. You know what? Uh, you know what I forgot? It. We didn't talk about the 3D UV. So, oh my gosh, How I'm going to we... pause this. I don't know what we were thinking. I'm going to pause the material here real quick, and I want to go. I want to jump back over to um, to that 3D UV. Why? Why people are asking me? Why did you get the 3D? Well, two things. Um, you see, you heard my conversation about how glass, sometimes you miss it whenever you're, you're turning it. The, the 3D version, it brings you a couple different capabilities. First off, it doesn't have an EasyCAD 2 board, so you're going to have to use the FieldTech software or a proprietary software. So you're, gonna, you're not going to be using Lightburn. A little bit of a learning curve, not a big deal. Um, but it allows you to create a model of the cup. So if we were doing this in the 2D plane, I'm either putting it on a rotary and turning it, or I'm just engraving the top, okay? That's how it is. On the 3D UV, I now create an actual model of this cup, and then I tell the software, you know, the sizes and everything. Then I say I want the, the logo here, and then the, the software will walk around the cup and engrave it, and you don't have to use a rotary. Now, you can use a rotary on it. You just put it into a 2D plane, but you can quickly do a cup like this uh, in two minutes and then move on to the next one. It's just super fast. It's way um, faster. Way faster. And, and the other thing is the way it's designed, the head, there's another little dial on the machine that you're, you get it in focus, but then you have a fine-tuned focus. So... You're, you're able to, to manipulate the machine to get it into its sweet spot a hell of a lot better than you could on the 2D version. I'm going to bring up a video of it, but you talk about that a little bit, May. Um, what I like about it, and glad you mentioned it, because when you are working on glass, glass surfaces are so finicky. It's not all equal sides. So you just want to make sure you're in the sweet spot all the time. With the 3D UV capability, you can change the dial and achieve and get that last little bit of maybe the end of the S or, you know, the start of the A that didn't get quite um, engraved. And it's even if you're changing your focus, it's not changing the size. So you're maintaining your parameters for your design without sacrificing the overall size of your um, output. And you can still eliminate some of the waste that some of you guys are probably going through this with glass. I mean, we all, we've all been there. Um, nobody is a glass savant. And if you are, raise your hand. Um, yeah. I've done enough glass where I've had my fair shares of, you know, I'm screaming at the machine saying, why are you not engraving? Um, it's because, you know, glasses are not all created equal. Each side is different. Each style is different. You have to have different settings for each 
um, style of the glass, if it's a stemless glass, can glass, rocks glass, or whatever glass work that you want to do. And so each and every application is different and every surface is different. And so if you're just using the five watt, it's fine for other items. But when you're getting into the production mode, you'll run into instances where it's not engraving correctly. And therefore Correct. you have a lot of waste. That's a great uh, description there, May. And this is uh, what I was telling you. You build this model and then you tell the software where you want the logo to go. And then it will go and look on your laser bed. And if it's if it is aligned correctly, it'll walk around that cup. And that's what we mean by, you know, you don't have to put a rotary on there. Now, I will say this. It's a very expensive machine. And there's a reason why it's expensive. So if you don't have a use case to do a ton of cups or some capability that it has, then, then keep keep with the 2D machine. It's a great machine. Um, again, I use a lot of my uh, work is through the 2D, but we just wanted to make sure you had an idea of what the 2D and the 3D do. Um, and uh, anything to add to that, May? Um, I'm just really glad that you introduced um, the field tech, <laughs> the 3D, you uh, yeah, that I got you to spend more money. <laughs> I you did. Um, I mean, that was a pretty big price tag, but I'm I'm really really I cannot be any happier. It definitely you know made me immensely happy. Um, I've, I've already tested it with a, a bunch of new products and even launched a few items and I'm happy to report the, I mean, it sat in the crate for, for a lengthy amount of time. I wasn't expecting it to be in the crate for longer than it should, but I finally uncrated it a few weeks ago and within the first week I already printed, um, cash. And so I printed enough that it was definitely, worth my time of pausing my production and making sure I'm like understanding how it works. There's there's still a lot of a learning curve that I need to do, a lot of studying that I need to do. Uh, the landmark software, um, it's a little bit primitive. I wish it was, you know, um, Jason's um, software like Lightburn, because we all love um, how easy it is to use Lightburn. And I just hope that, you know, one of these days they can um, update uh, the 3D software. Yeah, it's pretty rough, but, um, you know, it, it, it also actually teaches you to learn what you're doing. I will say that you, you have to learn the settings more and what's really going on there. So, Let's jump back over here on the materials so we can keep moving. Tumblers, I think I think we were we were on leather a while ago, so we're done with that. So tumblers, CO2 Gabo is really the optimal space if you're going to do high volume tumblers. Getting a dedicated machine like that um, is is probably the best space. And then I know you said you use fiber, but probably to me the next one would be the CO2 gantry, either the you know the glass or the RF tube. But um, yeah, so. Wood uh, CO2 gantry is ideal for large cuts. We were talking about that. You can get, I mean, one of my beds is 60 inches by 40. So I could throw in a, you know, a big sheet and get a huge sign out of that. So for cutting, I, I'm going to say the gantry is ideal. I know you're cutting some things on your CO2 Galvo, but probably yeah. the gantry. Yeah, go ahead. Smaller well, things, right? 
for for the gantry, you know, you can cut, but not to mention your engraving size also, you know, coincides with the bed size that you have. And so the capability of engraving is there. Um, you just want to make sure that your your settings are dialed in. Um, the engraving process in the gantry is a lot longer. So you just want to be patient and run that job, you know, yeah. as efficiently but as possible. But if it's small, smaller things, I'm going to the UV all day long. Um, I'm the same way. And, and you say, well, why don't you go to the CO2 Galvo? I mean, gantry, sorry, CO2 Galvo, because the dot size is bigger, right? Yes. So you're starting to see, you know, each machine has its different capability. Yeah, it's great. The CO2 Galvo is great on wood, but guess what? It's like a big old fat Sharpie compared to a fine tip pen on the UV. All right. So those are the decisions and things that we're thinking about. Glass. Best way to do glass, in my opinion, I don't have one, is sandblasting, if you did. Okay. It's phenomenal. It looks wonderful. But the next step, in my opinion, is the UV. I think it looks great. I know a lot of people will do CO2 uh, RF tube, which is like an epilogue, you know, Trotec, and then they'll go put it in a sandblaster. So basically they're doing it like a cricket, right? You're creating the the template of whatever you need, and then you go sandblast it. That looks phenomenal. But the next best thing would be UV. Some people do use a CO2 glass, and some of the times they butcher it, right? So you really got to hone in what that looks like. You can really tell, I can tell all day long when some my maker puts up some glassware, and they're like, ooh, I do glass now. And you look at it, and you can see it's fracturing, and it looks different, and some of the letters don't have everything there. That's because they're using a CO2 glass tube. You can tell all day long. Um, and buyers can tell. They're now starting to be able to pick through and sort through and see who's got what kind of machines. I have been able to get some good results by using Chris Lacasio method of a really small focal distance and certain settings that I've been able to get a nice look off of a CO2 glass tube. It's not as good as a as a uh, UV, but I have been able to make it work on some flat surfaces, not, not cups, but flat surfaces. So you say, well, why would you do that and not your UV? Because it was a bigger size. I couldn't, I maxed out my bed on my UV, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the thinking that we have here. What about for you, May, on glass? Um, for glass, you know, there was a lot of learning I had to do with glass. I started with a CO2 gantry and I've um, done a lot of testing and a lot of wasted material. I even uh, tried all the different methods and applications, how you prep the surface. And by far my favorite, if you are not capable of upgrading to a UV or even purchasing a sandblasting unit, um, you'll have to purchase the orange tape from JDS and apply that on your glass surface. You have to prep your surface and clean it first with alcohol and then apply it. That's just kind of like the process I did before. Uh, to me, there was just a lot of touching the product, too many, too many steps. And so um, it led me to explore UV and I love that capability now. Well, I don't have a sandblaster. Um, here I do love, um, using the 3d UV. Um, if you use a thicker glass and if you do a few passes, you can get the sandblasting effect. So, yeah, I thank think, you for that. I, I think to me, that's a win-win 
especially if you're okay. limited with space and you want to achieve something, there's ways to kind of like do it. And I think the UV 3D is kind of like the way to go. Yeah. And I shared this in the laser lounge a while back when I had first got my five watt UV. This is what I'm talking about with my own test comparison. You see how this looks kind of like um, crystal-ish, like you can see the changes in the, the refraction of the light. That's what a CO2 glass will give you. Um, I used orange blaze for this. That's the tape that she was talking about. And then this is what the UV does. It's just a much more frostier look. So yes. if you're going to, I mean, yes, you can sell product on a glass. I'm not saying on a CO2 glass. I'm not saying don't. But all I'm saying is get your get your settings honed in. Go practice on some things. Change some focal distances so that you can make it look a little bit better. Okay. I agree. Um, the CO2, if you're, if you're trying to engrave it on glass, again, glasses are not created equal. Um, different surfaces react differently, even if you've done the best prep of all time. And if you engrave it with your, you know, CO2 gantry, sometimes you'll get it close enough and sometimes you won't. And you're going to get the micro fractures that you've seen it um, in that uh, photo that Alicia shared earlier. Um, it's just not a great look. Yeah, that's true. Okay, leather it. For me, best overall is the fiber machine. Super fast. It's the fastest, in my opinion, of, of the suite that I have. Um, and then the next one that I would use would be the UV if it was a dark bottom color, like a black. Um, and I used the gantry early on for my own purposes, but for me, I wouldn't choose it in my shop unless I had a huge sheet that I had to do. Uh, I know that Robert Kofed has some uh, YouTubes on how to get a good sweet spot. You can run a test material and find out what you need to do. The um, the grays are, I mean, the silvers underneath are, are hard to, to kind of hone in, I think, on a on a gantry machine, but there are some videos out there for that. What about you for Leatherette, May? Uh, for Leatherette, um, why I love, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I love using the UV more than anything, um, but for Leatherette, it's not my favorite. Um, shockingly enough, um, some of the silvers or other colors, um, they just don't shine through correctly. Um, they're just a little bit duller um finish yeah. it's it's just it's not for me um will i use a co2 gantry with a leatherette um probably not for engraving but i will use it for cutting you know prepping my material and then taking it to my uv again your artwork size will really be dependent on which material you're going to be using and which um laser you're going to be using but i do love the fiber for the leatherette for coasters, um, koozies, ornaments, things like that, journals, um, yeah. keychains. It just, the effect that you're getting and the quality output and the time, the production time, it's, it's so fast. It's great. I would agree with you. Okay, metal, fiber, I mean, obviously, is it, it, that's its wheelhouse. That's what that machine is, is, is meant for, right? Um, engraving and cutting, it does a fabulous job. It actually will remove the metal. Okay. Whereas on a CO2, it's just marking it like a marker. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, UV will also mark it, but it's not going to cut it or really engrave it like a fiber will. The fiber 
if you get your hand underneath a fiber, it'll let you know that it's there, right? It is, it's a marking machine. And so it will take out chunks. That's how people are doing the coins. Um, if you have a CO2 and you want to do some product, I did that early on when all I had was CO2 gantries and you use this Ceramark spray. And then when the laser hits it, it reacts to it and it, it marks it. Now, is it permanent? I never had anyone come back and say I had a problem later, but I've heard some people say sometimes it'll dull or starts rubbing off because you're just marking it. What about you, May? Um, it's not a process that I believe in in my shop. It's not something that I want to carry. And so I would never do it that way. Um, it's just my preference. Um, so, oh, wait, there's a question here Yeah. Um, from Christine. Do you cut and engrave the leatherette with fiber or would you pre-cut the patch in a different machine and engrave it on fiber? I've done that. I done a bunch of um, um, blanks for my leatherette patches and then I use my fiber to kind of get my design on there and or UV if I wanted to use uh, real leather. Do we have any other question for um, fiber? Okay. Yeah. Please, please ask. And somebody yeah. let's see. Okay. So I'm going to go to, uh, we did metal acrylic. So acrylic for me, I don't do a lot of acrylic. I've done a few, if I have to do cut names for weddings or whatever, I'm using the CO2 gantry. That's my cutting place. I mean, I don't yeah. even cut on any of my galvos. Um, May does a little bit, but, um, and I don't engrave much, uh, of, of acrylic, but she likes the UV for engraving. Yes, and, I um, do. Yeah. So again, I don't, I don't know how much to say about acrylic because I'm just not an acrylic person. It smells like a nail shop in your place when you do it. But <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, someone, someone's asking here, what is the spot size of a UV laser? I don't know the actual actual dimension, but it's tiny. It's like a fine. If you're using a one ten lens, it's like a fine fine pin sharpie, right? And as you uh, go up in, in lens sizes, you need to adjust your settings. But the dot size to me on the UV and the RF tube are the smallest. And then you probably, I'm freestyling here. I've never looked this up. Just my own uh, observation. The UV and the RF are small. The fiber is right in that place. Uh, and then you start getting bigger with the CO2s. Um, the gantry and the glass tubes. Would you agree with that, May? I agree. Um, and this is another example of cutting it with a CO, uh, CO2 gantry. I don't know if you can see it. So this is a piece of acrylic that I done for my friend. And um, I'm using the UV to, hold on. I'm using the UV to engrave this. So this is not color filled and is done with. Um, um, Very nice. So it looks great. Pretty clean. And there is no residue when you're engraving with a UV um, and there is no cleanup. I'm not using acrylic to paint, fill anything. Yeah. Awesome for showing that. Kathy asked a question. Can you use a fiber on real leather? I've never had great luck with it. It didn't look that great. Um, I mean, I just. It's the wrong application. It, it, it's yeah. not a good, um, um, you know, laser for that type of material. Yeah. Good question here from Mike. Do you think the UV price will come down soon? I could be wrong on pricing. Uh, 
I'm I'm running Hey Ocean lasers in here. I think I I think they're running about what five to six thousand for a five watt um, for an entry I level. I think that's right. Um, that's right there. Yeah, I expect five or six for entry level. Do you need a ten watt? Not really. I'm getting along with the five watt on my what I use the most. If you get a 10 watt, it's more expensive, but it just goes faster, right? So your speed is more powerful, yeah. so you can do it quicker. Your pass can go faster because it's more powerful. I don't see those prices coming down, honestly, because there's really been an uptick in people buying them. I think some people thought they were going to get fibers that are now just getting UVs because they're able to do more material with it and, and be able to do more products in their product line. Again, if someone said out of the eight that you have, which are you using the most? It's the UV and the RF tube of of the Odin with the with the with the CO two. Th those are my what I use the most. Um, so I have a question here: What power is your three D UV? We're both running a ten watt uh, ten watt three D UV. That's runs you around sixteen thousand. So it's a big jump. What we were saying for when you go from a two D to a three D. And I think he even has, there's even 15 watt 3Ds out there. Um, and May, you were showing me pricing earlier of some other company had a 10 watt 3D for 25,000 um, uh, UV. And, and I was yes. just like, wow. I think, what was it? It was full spectrum. Um, they have a UV Galvo laser with a 3D um, scanning, you know, uh, capability for 25,000. Yeah. So I think more people are getting into the UV game. Thunder came out with a UV recently within the last six months. Um, I feel like you're going to have more makers, more companies coming out with them. That might level it out a little bit, Mike, but the desire and the need I think is happening more for those. So um, that's just kind of my two cents there. We'll take an, another couple of questions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up because I know it's been an hour, but this has been really good, really good content. I think, um, uh, any anything else that you, you want to get out there, May, for people typing in a couple questions? No, I think it's good to kind of give them, you know, uh, a grand overview of kind of like the different uh, types of laser and the different types of Galvo and why we like them. Obviously, your shop is different from our shop. Our product offerings are different from yours. And so if you're looking to, you know, maybe upgrade your production and your um, machines, it would really, um, you have to think about your output and what you're producing more. And for future product, product line that you want to come up with and you want to carry for your shop, will that resonate, you know, that upgrade? Will that make sense? If it's not going to make sense and if you don't have time to touch it, I say don't do it because you yeah. don't want, you don't want, you know, a high, high price uh, machine sitting somewhere and not being touched. Kind of like my leather stitcher. <laughs> yes. You want to send that over to me? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, one thing in, in closing, I'm going to do my summary a little different. Um, and one of the reasons why why I wanted to talk about this is because May and I talk every day, sometimes four or five times a day, depends on what's going on. But we talk a lot about how we are doing our stuff. Like we share, she's we're both mentors to one another, but it's really like besties that have the same common um, thing that we do. And so we talk about, yeah, I got this job come in and I think I'm going to use the UV for this and I'm going to cut it over here and then take it over here. So each thing is different. So I may get like, I've got boot jacks to do today and 
there's 15 of them and they want leather on top. So I'm going to cut the leather in probably the RF tube of the, of the, the gantry RF tube. And then I'm going to take those over to the UV to engrave. Now, someone may say, why did you, what's your decision making there? Why don't you just use the RF tube to do everything? I like the quality that the UV is giving me and there's zero cleanup. I'm going to have to do a little bit of cleanup on that CO2. And sometimes it leaves debris or whatever on the leather. And I really don't feel like masking it. So I can go throw it in the UV and it'll take a three minute engrave for each. And it's done. I glue it and we're done. So each time she and I get a job, the requirements are different. And we look at our tool set and go, does this require a CNC or does it require a you know, this kind of laser, or does it need to be used over here? Everything is different. So that's why I, for me, my shop needs multiple different tools to give the best quality thing for my clients. That's my thinking. So I use different tools for different things. So what about you, May, in summary? Um, it's the same thing. Uh, I love mixing materials and I want to stand out as much as possible. There's too many of you guys out there. And so I want to spice things up and, you know, use different things. And if want to layer something, I just want to make sure that I'm using the best possible machine to achieve the output that I want. If I'm engraving metal, then I have my fiber. If I am engraving acrylic, then I know I can use it with my UV. If I want really fine details on my leather, then I know I can do that with my UV as well. And if I want something faster, I know I can run my CO2 Galvo and run, you know, 50, 100 powder coated cups and be done in no time. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to show you, you know, we might be considered a little bit of the extreme small business case. Most people probably don't have this, but if you want to take it to another level and you want to invest back into your company, look at getting another, you know, option that may help you be, you know, more productive in your shop. You can, I mean, that's just my two cents. That's what we've done instead of, you know, using it for here, this, that, and the other, we've decided to get additional tools to help us be more productive. Yes. Well, time is money, right? Uh, and as small business owners, we kind of wear a lot of hats. And so if you're your own social media person too, that little bit of time that you can save because you upgraded your equipment, then you can put that and reallocate that time to beefing up your marketing, your social media or whatever, or you need to go, you know, do some networking, go to your local chamber. And so those are the different things. If you're taking, taking a step back and looking at the overall process, what can you do to evaluate your shop capabilities and see what processes you can improve, um, what equipment needs upgrading, and you just kind of need to take a look at it and see, oh, I can improve here. I can do this if I have more time. Yeah. In summary, I just want to thank you guys for hanging on with this. This was a little bit longer than we normally do, but the content, I think from a high level, what are all these machines do? How would you use them? What material? I think it's beneficial to you guys. And I think that um, I'm hoping maybe y'all can show by the thumbs up or hearts or whatever, if it was good for y'all. We like to bring you more of this stuff, kind of what would someone really be asking and wanting to hear instead of, you know, just, hey, ask us questions. Uh, we want to make this beneficial for you guys. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Thunder Laser USA, Lone Star Adhesive, Phantom CNC, Rotoboss Rotary Attachments, and Otis Oil. 
those companies help me pay for things like the streaming service, you know, these microphones, et cetera. I sometimes give out free things and they help me pay for those things to do that. So thanks for all the uh, support that we get from those companies and show sponsors. And again, we'll be in the Facebook group, the Laser Lounge on Facebook. And uh, if you have any other additional questions, feel free to ask us. We are not the experts in everything, but we do have our feet wet enough that we think we can answer some good questions and help steer you in the right direction to collect more data in your next purchase. So May, thank you so much, girly, for the time with me today. It's been a long time. We need to do this more. I'd love to have you come back and talk about what Adobe's doing and some of the neat things they are. Yes. Can you give us any sneak peek about that? Yes. Um, I signed an NDA last year. And so um, my hands and lips are kind of like sealed. I'm having a, an executive roundtable meeting with them yesterday. I'm asking permission what I can share with you guys. And so when that's ready to go and they've given me the green light, I'm going to share some of it. There's a whole lot to touch base because it's been over a year since I've shared it. I've been kind of like really quiet been really focusing on uh, my business and just trying to focus on what I want to offer. And at the same time, I've been really working closely with Adobe. Um, I just love them so much, much. I use them all the time. And so if you have time, go ahead and explore Adobe Express. Um, I'm one of their ambassadors and I'm also on their software um, testers as well. And so I'm on the CAM um, member. So if you have any questions, if you think that would benefit um, your shop and your capabilities for social media, marketing, or things like that, shoot me a message. Um, I might not be able to send you a message um, right away if it's a direct message on my account because we're not friends. And so just shoot me an email. Um, you can email me or send a message to Alicia and um, we'll tackle it together. If it's either laser or anything design or marketing, just let me know. All right. Thanks, guys. And we appreciate y'all hanging in and we'll see you over in the laser lounge. Bye. <laughs>